My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. I'm joined today with our guest, Scott Belisle, former Army service member and president of the Lehigh Fishing Company. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Yep. Let's, let's start with uh, how about your past and when did you get into the military sort of thing? So I, I, I left for the Army five, five days after I graduated high school. I already had my mind made up. I wasn't sticking around. I took off. What year was that? 1988. <laughs> I was three. Yeah, I, you know it's hard to believe it. It's you know actually yesterday was 35 years ago that I left for the army. It's hard to believe. Time goes by. Yeah, my birthday is coming up in a week, and I'll be 38. So yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> By the time they hear up the podcast, though, my birthday will be long gone. Mm. So it's got to be one of those fun days. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Got to love a uh, week-to-week basis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so what did you do in the military? I, I was I was infantry and then um, became a paratrooper when I got sent to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, the 82nd. Mm-hmm. Did that till 1998, and I was actually taken off a of jump stats because I got too busted up. I had uh, four, four reconstructive surgeries in 11 months, and uh, they said, you can't do this to yourself anymore. You're done. So they actually took me off jump status. I looked around uh, to see if there, what other options were available to me, and nothing really um, interested me. So I, I took my ball and went home. And, uh, yeah, I, that was 98. And then I did five years in the uh, national guard here in Pennsylvania after that. And, mm-hmm. um, while I was doing that, I went to college, um, uh, the VA, uh, took care of me, really took care of me there. Um, uh, they, they my college was covered in full, you know, tu- uh, tuition, books, supplies, anything that I needed for school. So the VA really took care of me. I, you know, you, you won't hear me bad mouthing them for that. They really took care of me. I got my education mm-hmm. and then, uh, went out and worked, you know, in the, in the civil engineering sector for a couple of years. And, um, I was laid off twice. And after the second layoff, you know, I'd come up with this idea for a fishing rod years prior. So mm-hmm. after the second layoff, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to make this thing stick. So yep. basically I, you know, and I, ha- at that time I had virtually no resin or composite experience. You know, I had an idea in my head. So it was up to me to try to make this idea reality. So I, I did a lot of research, uh, made a lot of phone calls, um, and eventually, um, talked to a, a, a gentleman out in California has a business, um, most of his business is uh, doing parts, carbon fiber parts for the military. So he, he mm-hmm. gets a lot of military contracts and he was able to tell me the exact type of material, carbon fiber material that I was looking for. So yeah. um, I, um, I then um, had some mandrels made. Now a mandrel is basically a male mold for a fishing rod. It's what the material is applied to prior to being placed in a, in a curing oven to bake it. Um, so I had those made, I sent them out to there in California, they made a prototype and I broke it within 15 minutes of having it. So I was like, okay, that didn't work. So it actually, wow. you know, from, from when I started, uh, which was like January of Oh nine, it took me till June of 2011 to actually have the, the process down. And and in the midst of it, I actually brought the uh, the manufacturing in-house. I, like I said, I originally had the first few prototypes made in California. Then I made my own, built my own curing oven and brought everything in-house. So I keep my costs down and I, I'd be able to turn uh, parts around a lot quicker, b- being able to do them myself. Yeah. And um, 
So the process that I use, I actually have a provisional patent on. Um, hmm. The design, it's, it's like no other used in the fishing industry. Um, the resin that I use was developed by myself and a resin manufacturer out in Michigan. We actually developed a special resin that I use to cure the, uh, the material. And yeah. at first, I, when I first started out, I only had five rods. Um, you know, I tried to start out with more popular rod models just to get my name out there. Now I have 23 and I'm still adding more, you know, um, as yeah. the demand rises now. You know, back in when I started fishing back in the early 70s, um, you know, there's only really a, a handful of different rod types out on the market. There wasn't a whole lot out there. And now fishing has become very specialized. So there, there's a different rod for every different application. Mm -hmm. um, like I'm a, I'm a big fly guy and I like to do a lot of fly fishing. And years ago, a standard fly rod was eight foot six inches. And that, that's pretty much what they are. And now, you know, they, they go over 10 foot. You know, if you get into a spay rod, mm -hmm. they much, they're 15 foot. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. But, yeah, fishing has become very specialized over the years. So, um, yeah, there, there are, uh, you know, different rods for different applications. So even, even though I have 23, that may not sound, that may sound like a lot, but it really isn't. And I will be, yeah. at, I, I, you know, just uh, the last rods that I added, well, actually, a uh, rod that I added was uh, a year and a half ago um, was a nine foot six uh, five weight fly rod. And um, right. I'm, I'm working on heavier fly rods. I, I'm prior, just prior to that, I actually released a line of surf rods. I, I do a lot. I like to, to surf fish as well. In fact, I belong to a, uh, a surf fishing club in South Jersey. And um, so I, I do like to surf fish. I, I have some 11 foot surf rods. Um. And like I said, my most popular rod has got to be my 6.6 medium action, my bass rod. Mm -hmm. uh, all my rods are named after a water course. Now, where I live, I live just below the Francis Walter Dam. So that rod is named the dam. So I got a dam rod. <laughs> so, That's a good one. Take your dam rod fishing, you know. But, um, right. yeah, yeah um, you know, my, my – uh, my, most popular fly rods named the Lehigh. Now the end of my road that I live on here actually dead ends at the Lehigh river quarter mile down. Nice. So I'm kind of spoiled, kind of blessed, you know, I live out in the woods. It's nice. It's quiet. Right. And I have outdoor activities right out my back door. You know, I, um, I don't do much of it anymore, but uh, when I was big into bow hunting, um, I just walk out my back door. Yeah. You know, and then, like I said, for fishing, I'm a quarter mile away from the Lehigh River, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of spoiled and blessed. <laughs> nice. Now, I wanted to get in on uh, what happened more specifically with uh, when you were an Army paratrooper. What uh, was causing all the damage to your body? Was it just the landings then? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, see, um, I'm colorblind. So, uh, um, when you're colorblind, you really have very poor depth perception and, you know, we jump at night. So you're, you're, jump, yeah. you're coming down at night. And for me, it looked like the ground was always so much farther away. And then all of a sudden it's right there and you're hitting at 35 miles an hour, the full combat load strapped to you. So over time yeah. that does take its toll on you. Um, like my right knee has been rebuilt twice, my left knee once, my right shoulder twice, my left, uh, yeah, right shoulder twice, left shoulder once, and I crushed four discs in my back. Ouch. Yeah, so like I said, I had four reconstructive surgeries over an 11-month period. I had the same doc working on me. He said, Scott, you're 27 years old. You're a physical wreck. I'm not going to let you do this to yourself anymore. So, yeah, that, 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 was, that was the beginning of the end for me. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know. I look, I'm still in uh, contact with a lot of my old army buddies. Uh, in fact, the unit I served with in Germany, um, we get together uh, every year. We started doing that a couple of years ago. And uh, so, you know, and once in a while I bump into somebody that I've served with over the years. It's, it's something that I'm very honored yeah. to have uh, done. Yeah. Right. Well, 
well, at least you get to do that. And when you get to spend time with your buddies, you get to go fishing because you, you're the one supplying the rods. Uh, yeah, well, you know, um, two years ago, we went down to uh, Cocoa Beach, Florida. And um, it was, I went down there for four days. And um, I just had a backpack stuffed with some clothes and fishing reels and lures. And that, that, was, that, was, that was it. for. And then I had uh, two rod tubes that I had rods stuck in. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I, I always find a way to incorporate fishing into a lot of what I do. <laughs> right. I need to get out and fish a little bit more this year. Well, I, I got my I, license and everything, right? Yeah, I, I often tell people it's my therapy. It truly is. You know, when you're having a, a you know, I had a bad day or whatever, just grab a ride, go hit the water and just forget about all your worries. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got. I always keep on bragging about the fact I got two reservoirs and a couple of lakes nearby and they're all within driving distance. And I got a couple of rods for my brother because he left them at my house and I haven't <laughs> used them yet. <laughs> yeah. Make sure I, I they're still reliable. It, it, it's funny. Cause uh, you know, I have three kids myself and you know, sometimes it's really hard to find time to do things. It really is. It, it's, you really got to, uh, you know, work hard and just yeah. try, to, try to get simple things worked into your life. You know, in your case, fishing, just get out for maybe a couple hours and doing some fishing, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it could be difficult. You know, life is, life has definitely changed since I was a kid, you know, things were a lot simple times were slower and now everything's just a big rat race, you know? And yeah. And, um, but yeah. you know, like for me, for fishing, like I said, it's my therapy and I, I always try, you know, I, I definitely don't do as much fishing as I'd like to do, but I do get out, yeah. you know, you know, I, I'd say maybe at least once a week I get out. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I gotta love it. We're always going on the go and finding stuff to do pretty much. Yeah. Now I was going through your website recently and I saw it said golf putters. What's up with that one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, I wanted to take the technology that I developed into other, uh, markets. And, um, it's, you know, one of the reasons why I have to take sleeping pills at night, cause my wheels are always turning, you know, I can never uh, get my wheels to stop turning. I'm always thinking of new things. So, uh, I was laying in bed and about one thirty in the morning, I, I just woke up with this idea. So I went out in the shop and took my calipers. I started measuring up some of the tooling that I already had. And I'm like, I can actually make golf putters. So what I do is I, I man manufacture the shaft. And the shaft of the putter is essentially the butt section of one of my fishing rods. And it actually fits perfectly into uh, a, a putter head. So I, I make the shaft, and then I, I purchase the grips and the, uh, the putter heads, and then I, you know, I assemble them. Man. They get pretty good reviews on it. Uh, you know, truth be told, I, you know, not a lot of people know that I'm making them, even though I, I do yeah. advertise them. You know, you know, when you see the eye fishing company, they're thinking, uh, you know, you do not think of golf. Fishing. So not, not too many people know about them. I, you know, I do try to get them out there. Uh, but, um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're made in the same manner. You know, the shaft is made in the same manner as my fishing rods. So I could customize them. I could do different colors. I could put your name on it. I can get custom logos or decals mm-hmm. to put on it. Yeah, you could you actually go kind of crazy with them, you know. For even though it's, they're very simplistic in design. Yeah, yeah. I noticed on your website you also have uh, for custom um, rods and reels too. So. Well, I, I don't do um, but yeah, this ah. is where uh, some sometimes people uh, get confused with what I do. You know, some people think that I'm a custom rod builder, and mm-hmm. what I I'm actually a rod manufacturer in that mm-hmm. I actually make my own fishing rod, I make the rod blanks myself. So I'm actually a manufacturer that mm-hmm. also offers custom builds. Um, you know, you huh. can't go to any of the other you know, fishing rod manufacturers and tell them what you want on your rod. You could do that with them. You know, if you wanted a different color, uh, blank color, guide wrap color, you want your name put on it. You want, uh, custom decals put on it. I'm working on one right now, uh, that's going to be raffled off for a, um, um, the Masons out in Western PA. They just contacted yesterday 
and they want to do a custom rod um, that they can raffle off. So their color was blue. So I said, all right, I'll do a blue blank. Normally that rod is green. I'll make it blue. And then I just contacted my, uh, my uh, decal manufacturer and told her I need a, a small Masonic logo, about three eighths of an inch tall that I could put on the rod. So yeah, I, I you know, I, I've done a, a number of rods over the years for uh, organizations they use to use as uh, fundraisers. Nice. Now, do you manuf- uh, do you sell your rods to chain stores at all, or is this yeah. all custom? No, no, I'm drop ship. Um, I do have a line of production rods. Those can be found on my website. There's an online checkout. You can get production rods right off the website. And the production rods themselves are, you know, a lot of people would consider them custom. But yeah. uh, if you wanted to go into a custom rod, you'd have to contact me and we can we can discuss options. And uh, some other options that I actually offer are uh, wood grips. Very old school. Mm-hmm. I, I actually made one for myself because I, I like the classic look of wood. Um, so I offer wood grips. I also offer composite grips color matched to the blank. Now, there are a number of people out there making composite grips, but they're just black. You know, carbon fiber is black, so they're just just black. I actually tint them to match the blank. Nice. But, well, you got you got to be different than what everybody else is doing. If you're just doing what everybody else is doing, you're not differentiating yourself from the back. Yeah. So you got you to mix I it mean, up. Yeah, because everybody has an ugly stick these days. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's funny. Um you mentioned ugly stick. You know, I often tell this story to people. They actually started out as antennas for the military. No kidding. Yep. They're durable and they can put up with abuse and whatnot. And then the, the uh, company that was tasked to manufacture these uh, antennas for the military thought, boy, we can make fishing rods with this stuff. So the thing about ugly sticks is, and I, I, you know, I won't bash them. I mean, they are durable. That's that's what mm-hmm. their main purpose is, but they're not performance uh, oriented at all. They're just very yeah. durable. If you want something that's gonna, you know, like for me, for example, like I said, I've had my right shoulder rebuilt twice, so I can't use a heavy rod that I got to do all the work to get get the line out. I need a rod mm-hmm. that's gonna do the work for me. So all of my rods are very user friendly. You know, you, you, you just set the rod into motion and then the rod does the rest, especially when it comes oh. to fly rods, you know, because you do a lot of false casting when you're fly fishing. And um, over time, that, that can put a lot of strain on your shoulder. Now, I have mm-hmm. never had any shoulder discomfort at all. And I, there are times I'd be out from sun up to sundown. And um, I've never had any shoulder discomfort. Now, my lower back would start killing me, but, but uh, the shoulder... <laughs> No, but that, that, that's one thing, like, uh, I have a friend, um, has a, a fly shop locally here. And, uh, when I first developed my very first fly rod, I took it out to him just to get his opinion on it. And the yeah. first thing that he said is this would be a great rod for someone to learn how to fly fish with. Cause it's so easy to cast. I said, it's also good for folks like me that have some shoulder issues that you can't do mm-hmm. the work, you know, the rod, you got to have a rod to do the work for you. Yeah. A rod is a tool, you, you know, it's right. a tool and it's got to be a useful tool. And, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's just something that's hanging on to the end of your hand, well, it's not doing anything. It's got to be a useful tool. And that's what I developed with my rods. Yeah. Now, with uh, your rods, do you do you sell to many people with disabilities as well? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, every I, I've sold a number of rods, many rods to disabled veterans um, mm-hmm. that have had you know various um, injuries uh, during the course of their service. Um, yeah. Other than that, I'm not too sure about. But I will. Well, I will say this. Um, a uh, guy down in Florida, um, he was special forces and he lost his right arm from the elbow down and his left leg from the knee down. Yeah. And, um, he, I, 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 especially made a rod for him to fit into his prosthetic. Nice. 
Yeah. So, um, so there's that, <laughs> that was, yeah, that was quite a few years ago, but, um, now that's definitely custom. Yeah. Well, that, that's the one thing, like I said, I, I'm the manufacturer. So you, you, you can contact me and if there's something, you know, um, you know, that we would need to do, uh, to make the rod adaptable to, uh, your lifestyle, I can do that, mm-hmm. you know? And that's the one thing I have an engineering mind. I, 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 I start coming up with ideas. Okay. We could do this. I could do this. You know, so yeah, I mean, I, I can certainly custom, uh, I could tailor a rod to an individual's uh, needs for sure. Yeah. What would you say is your toughest rod so far? To make? No, I would say the one that can take the most abuse, or are they all about equal? Well, I would have to say my surf rods. Because they're they're just yeah. they're they're heavy duty bomb proof and they only weigh seventeen ounces. They're eleven feet long and weigh seventeen ounces. That's literally just over a pound. Yeah, and they're eleven feet long. And they're uh, very they break, durable. They, my, my my seven foot heavy is a very durable rod. Um, like I said, I, I try try to make my rods more performance oriented as as opposed to trying to compete against like an ugly stick or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't, I can't compete with their price points either, nor do I aspire to, you know, like no. one of my mottos is uh, premium fishing rods for the avid angler. So mm-hmm. I, I make high end performance oriented rods. Yep. They can take a beating and they can, they no, don't they, they actually hurt. I'm going to be honest with you. They don't take any more beating than the average rod. I yep. mean. You know, you, you got to remember, like my most popular, my most popular rod is my six six uh, medium, the dam. Uh, that mm-hmm. rod weighs four ounces. You know, I, I could make, I could make that rod. You know, you, you could buy a, a a more durable rod of that length, and it would weigh probably three times as much. Yeah. Now you had mentioned ugly sticks. Yeah, they're durable, but they're very heavy rods. Yeah. Very heavy rods. I. I was teaching a young man to uh, fly fish for salmon a couple of years ago, and he had a, an ugly stick fly rod. And I said, "Hey, you want to you want to switch up? I'll let you use mine." And he grabbed mine. He's like, "There's nothing to it." And then I grabbed his. I'm like, "Holy crap! That thing's heavy." <laughs> yeah, it's like you're gonna have uh, you know forums like Popeye when you get done fishing with that for the day. Honest to God. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so th- that's, that's one of the differences right there. You get into more performance-driven uh, um, rods, they are going to be lighter. That being said, yeah. I, and I often say this too, you could take weight reduction to the point where it's just absolutely ridiculous. You know, um, you know for a while there, you know, manufacturers were trying to put out, like, the lightest rod imaginable. In order mm-hmm. to do that, you have to use a very – high modulus carbon fiber to get that light because with the higher strength tensile strength uh, carbon you have you, you don't use as much material and that's what makes the rod so much lighter because you're not using mm-hmm. as much material to get the desired rigidity in the blank the problem with yeah. the very high modulus material is that it's very brittle and yeah. carbon carbon fiber doesn't want to bend you know, and it's got to be able to bend. When you put a rod under load, it's got to be able to bend. It's got to be able to oval a little bit, but not to the point where it fails. Yeah. So that's where some manufacturers, I think, kind of went wrong with the, with the the weight reduction. You know, they just try to make it ridiculous. And um, I won't ever claim to have the lightest rods on the market, but I will. I claim that I have the best performing rods on the market. Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense, too, that when you have a rod that is light but also strong, strong and durable, they work a lot better. And I want to ask, do you just – is it just the rods when you sell it, or do you assemble a reel as, as well to it, or I, do they have to provide I, I don't. I don't get into the reels. The only thing I do is give suggestions. Okay. For reels now, like um, for spinning and uh, casting reels, I grew up using pen reels. That was back in the days when they were actually made here in the United States. Unfortunately, they're not anymore, but they still make a good reel. So, um, you know, in fact, I just had a mom uh, purchase a rod for her son for his birthday. And she's like, I don't know what kind of reel to get. And I, t- I told her, 
you know, get this real. So I, yeah, I will give people suggestions. Nice. Yeah. For me, I live out with catfish, bluegill, and I think there's some lake trout that are stocked, but mm -hmm. I, I think we also got bass. So I, the dam would probably work well for me. That's a would good I be able Go ahead. Oh. Would a, now this is just for scenario purposes. What would a Walmart reel or work well, or would I have, that would actually be hurting my chances. Um, I'll put it to you this way. You wouldn't put a, a bumper sticker on a Rolls Royce, would you? <laughs> no. No, I always tell people that don't go, you don't have to break the bank, but don't go cheap. If you're going to spend a, yeah. a, you know, a decent buck on a rod, spend a decent buck on a reel. You know, don't, mm -hmm. don't, don't, don't cheapen the, don't cheapen it. You know, so yeah. that rod, I, I just discussed the dam. The base model of that rod is three hundred dollars, two ninety nine. Um, you can get yourself a decent reel for that, or from like around one hundred twenty five, hundred thirty dollars. Mm -hmm. And um, like so. I said, I, I, I mean, you, of course you can, but I wouldn't suggest it. If you, if you're gonna, you're gonna spend it, you know, money, you know, good money on a good rod, you get a good reel too. Yeah, that's what you it's want. Like, you, want uh, the, the same. you want the total package. You don't want to have a crap reel on there. That, you know, and, and that's, the, that, unfortunately, that's, the, you know, the world that we live in today, everything's disposable. So, yeah. you know, you can go to Walmart and, uh, you know, buy yourself a, a $50 combo and, you know, and, and then you break it and there, of course, there's no warranty on it. So then you got to go back and spend another 50 bucks, you know, it's, you know, my rods are warranted for 20 years unconditionally. Anything at all happens wow. to the rod, you get it back to me. I either fix it or replace it. No questions asked. That's, that's quality, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I stand behind my product and you have to have a good warranty. That That's the thing. Yeah. That's what, when, you know, when you're spending, you know, a, a decent amount on, on a good product, you want to back it with a good warranty. Mm -hmm. and, and definitely and between you and I, most of my warranty work, and I don't get a lot of warranty work, but uh, whenever I do get a, a rod in for warranty work, it's usually due to negligence or just flat out stupidity, whatever you want to call it. And I'll close it in mm -hmm. the car door, truck tailgate. Um, you got the tip of the rod hanging out of a window and you put the window up, you know, but it's covered. The rod is covered. If you, you know, I, I often had, you know, customers like, oh, come on, I got to give you something. The only thing that mm -hmm. you're on the hook for is return shipping. That is it. Yeah. You know, return like, shipping, you get it. Say again. Return shipment, and you get a uh, either a fully replaced or repaired rod. Hey, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Now, now, are the rods can they be broken down into sections, or is it okay, one well, contiguous piece? Um, well, that rod I was telling you about the dam, I I designed that for the the, the tournament bass guy, and they mm -hmm. they want they want a one piece rod. Mm -hmm. Well, that that that's a one piece rod. But I also have multi-piece rods. I have four-piece fly rods, which are great for travel. Like when I go somewhere fishing, it, it, it's, it comes in an aluminum tube, and I could just put that tube in the overhead compartment of the, in the aircraft mm -hmm. and not check it in. I don't have to check it in. But, um, yeah, um, that like I said, that – let me see, the 6.6. Six, I have, also have a 5.6 all fiberglass rod. That's one piece as well. That rod is an absolute blast. I, I just recently got into the fiber, all fiberglass rods hmm. um, just a few years ago. It, it's, um, it, it's a lot of fun. I use it exclusively for kayak fishing because it's, it's only five foot six. So you don't have to reach way behind you to try to net a fish. And being yeah. that it's all fiberglass, it's just an absolute blast. It's a lot of fun. Because you'll get a fish on there maybe 18 inches, and you'll feel like you got a whale on there. It's it's just a wow. lot of fun, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's good for, you know, anywhere, anything from, like, bluegills and crappie. I've caught huge pickerel and, you know, over 20-inch trout on it. I've caught decent bass on it. You know, it's just a yeah. lot. It's a fun little rod. And um, I also offer on, on my spinning rods um, these these new guides. They're called microwave guides. Hmm. And um, a lot of people haven't heard of them, and um, they've yeah. only been on the market for a few years. But they've they've won award after award um, at the um, you know fishing expos and whatnot. 
Um, they mm-hmm. basically, in a nutshell, what they do is they add casting distance. Hmm. And being that they allow the line to be so much freer flowing through the guide train, they also give you the ability to throw a broader range of lure weights. You could throw slightly yeah. lighter lures, being that the line's so much freer flowing. So I do offer them as an option on all my spinning rods. Uh, and on that fiberglass rod, it's actually standard equipment. No kidding. Yep. I also I also offer different reel seats. I have an ergonomic reel seat that I offer as an option, which is great. It, 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 there's a hump on the top side of it that just conforms in the palm of your hand. And it's really comfortable for all day fishing. Your hand will not fatigue or get tired or cramp up or anything. Nice. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I along with... The, the blank, the rod blanks that I developed, you know, I also put mm-hmm. good components on them. I don't put garbage components on them. Um, I can't tell you how many people come to me, you know, asking me if I do rod repair. I said only on my own rods. I don't do them on any other rods. Um, you know, because like say the, the the ring out of a guide popped out. Yeah. Now the, the the guides that I use on my rods, I've never had a, a customer come back to me and say, "Hey, the ring popped out of this guide." Because the, the frames themselves are made are stainless steel, so they'll never corrode. Mm-hmm. And then the rings that, that are put into them are not only glued in, epoxied in, but they're actually pressed into the frame. So they'll never pop out. Wow. And they're actually made out of zirconia, which is what they make fake diamonds out of. So they're very durable and hard as well. So like Dang. I said, you know, you, if you're going to build a good blank, you want to put good components on it too. You know, I, I put higher grade cork. I like the classic look of cork. So I, I use higher grade cork on my rods as well. Yeah. Now, I know you had ice fishing on there. Yep. And now you only had like a couple of rods on that. I, I have two ice rods. Um, they're, they're just very popular. I mean, there are – you could go on to companies that – just sell ice rods and they got a a huge selection of ice rods. I offer Mm -hmm. a a two foot, two inch light action, which is all fiberglass. And then I offer a two foot, two inch hybrid, which is carbon and fiberglass. And that's a medium action. And you know, they're more popular. I, you know, I am going to get into some, uh, little slightly longer, more heavy duty rods for those guys like out in Minnesota and whatnot. When they're, 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 they're pulling out huge Lakers or, or pike, uh, you know, you know, pike, you know, musky, you know, get pulling big fish through the ice, you know. I will get into yeah. that, um, but I, I basically develop my rods um, contingent on the demand. Yeah, you know, if, if 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 I get enough people coming to me saying, "Hey, you know, do you have a rod for this? Do you have a rod this length for this action?" If I get enough people inquiring about rods like that. I'll go ahead and I'll have the tooling made, the mandrels made and whatnot, and start building prototypes mm-hmm. and put out a finished product. Hey, that works. Do you see your rods all over the country or is it just in certain oh, yeah. areas? Oh, yeah. I, I, I've shipped rods in damn near all 50 states. Nice. And Canada. Hey, you definitely go on that. Yep. You go you, working on international now with uh, – yeah, uh, I've had a few inquiries internationally, mostly in Scotland. And um, yeah. the, the, the sticking point that we always come up with is just shipping. <laughs> yeah. Especially, uh, you know, since the pandemic, uh, shipping costs have gone through the roof. And, you know, I've, I've been willing to work with these folks over there to an extent. It's like, look, I, I'm not going to eat the shipping costs, though, you know. Because you know, no. you're over double of what it would cost to, to ship domestically. So yeah, that's, always, usually, that's, that's always been my sticking point with 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 international customers. But um, I you know, like I said, I, I have shipped to Canada and I ship all over the country, I, even to Hawaii. Oh, I've sent rods to Hawaii. Ooh, that's some lovely shore fishing. Yep. Or would they uh, be doing uh, deep sea fishing? Do you have any rods for deep sea fishing, like for marlin and whatnot? Uh, not, not that heavy. Not that heavy. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, the, 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 that's something I will eventually get into. But once again, it's like okay, I haven't had a lot of um, inquiries about them, so I, I never really got into them. Um, yeah. I have a I have a seven foot heavy 
I call it a broomstick because it's pretty much stiff like a broomstick. Um, yeah. uh, that's about that. And that's a 20 to 40 pound class rod. It's not necessarily, you know, it's not, you know, you wouldn't be going fish marlin fishing with it. Yeah. But um, I am going to be working. Lake Sturgeon. Say again? Probably Lake Sturgeon, right? Uh, hmm, that would even be a stretch, too. Now, I do have the tooling, um, and I'm kicking around the idea of putting out some heavier offshore rods, like more in the 80-pound class. Yeah. I, I do have the mandrels where I, I can I could do that. But once again, you know, um, I'm not getting a lot of inquiries for those rods. So I, I, I put, I have the idea, put it on the back burner. And, um, so, and well, that's another thing too. Um, being that I make my own blanks, I actually can make custom blanks and I've done that for folks over the years. Yeah. Where, where, you know, yeah, the rod that I, the, the, the rods that I have, they didn't quite fit their application. So I can either make it stiffer or make it lighter. Um, yeah, I, I've actually made custom blanks for customers over the years. That's good. And if somebody came nope. to me saying they wanted an 80 pound class rod, I'm like, yeah, I could do that. And I would make them a custom blank. And, and if there was enough interest in that rod, I would put that rod into production. So how much does a custom rod usually run somebody? <laughs> Well, it depends on how you how crazy you want to go. Uh, I'll, I'll use a good example. Um, just I think it was maybe a year or so ago. Guy wanted mm-hmm. a, a full blown custom um, five foot ultralight named the Nescapec for the Nescapec Creek here locally. And yeah. um, that rod, the base model of that rod is uh, two hundred twenty nine dollars. Hmm. Uh, after all was said and done, that uh, uh, it was over five hundred. Bang. He wanted, I made the grips out of dark walnut. I mean, it was, it was, the rod was just gorgeous. Dark walnut grips. I used titanium, a titanium reel seat and titanium guides on that thing. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, you can actually go pretty crazy when it, and that's why, um, I don't have, you know, custom rods available on the website. It's like, you got to call me. And we could discuss all these options because there, there are a, a lot of, I mean, a fishing rod's pretty simple, you know, in design, yeah. but you can actually go pretty nuts with it. You know, yeah, I can, like I said, yeah, the, you can uh, start with a $229 rod and turn it, you know, and, and make it in, into an over $500 rod, depending on what yeah. you want on it and how much you're willing to, 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 to spend for it. Yeah. So I just going from three to five. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. I, I, I love those kind of customers. Hey, you know, money's no object. Yeah. Give me that. I want that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the cheapest rod on your, that you sell? Those would be my ice rods. They both go for $74. Hmm. That's understandable. I've seen at Walmart, there were some ice rods, I believe in, yeah, they're like I think they were bucks, like fifteen bucks. Yeah, actually, I think I saw it for like, yeah, yeah, twelve to fifteen probably. Yeah, and we have a very small ice section here in Indiana because we only get like maybe a month or two, maybe a week or two that was actually cold enough to freeze the ice that thick. Mm. Yeah, we got kind of uh, cheated this year here in Northeast PA. Um, we had, it was cold right around Christmas time. And then by yeah. new year's, the ice wasn't even safe enough to go out on. Yeah. But I, on an average winter, we get about, um, 13 to 15 inches of ice here. Yep. Usually for us, you have to travel, I guess, say middle of Michigan, maybe. Yeah. I've actually sent ice rods out to, to Michigan. Yeah, because yep. that usually how that rolls out. I mean, Michigan North, anything north of Indiana is usually, in my opinion, is well, it can be icy on in Indiana, but in the other surrounding states, but usually it isn't. Mm. So uh, that's just my personal opinion on the matter. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, I know you guys get 
uh, ice and snow. But oh yeah, oh yeah. But like I said, this past winter was, with the exception of right around Christmas time, we had a cold snap and it was bitterly cold. So it built up the ice good. But then by by the time New Year's rolled around, a week later, it had gotten so warm that we actually yeah. lost ice. And I always tell people I don't go out on anything less than four inches of ice. Yeah, it's, it's just not safe. I've already taken a swim. It sucks. It's cold, and mm-hmm. uh, and I was actually on thicker ice, but I I, I hit a void, and um, I went right through. And um, and and then when your feet don't hit the bottom, and you got all this heavy clothes on, and they're getting wet and weighing you down, you know your pucker factor goes to ten, <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah. crap. So yeah, I always tell people no less than four inches of ice that to be safe. Yeah. The last time I stood on any ice that was thick enough to stand on, I was my son's age and I went into a pool because I went too far into it because I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, ooh, the pool's frozen over. I can stand on it. Nope. <laughs> yep. yep. I, I learned I learned my lesson that fast. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, this past winter we got we kind of got cheated out of uh, you know even play, we play pond hockey too. My son, you know, he's he's you know obsessed with hockey, plays travel hockey and whatnot. So he only got yeah. out once with his buddies, and then like I said, by New Year's it, it wasn't safe enough to get out on. Yeah, I mean we had a cold winter, but yeah, it, it heated up fast. Yeah, yeah, like we I had. Said, a- it, yeah, Christmas it was bitterly cold, and then by New Year's it was in the fifties. Yeah, so it was crazy. Then when we always had our false spring before it went back down in temperatures to thirty-two, but that's not enough to freeze too much. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I've. You have to go literally to north, north, literally borderline uh, Michigan to actually get some ice on mm. some lakes that are enough to go. I think we'd have to get one heck of a cold snap. that would have to last for months, a month at least. And the last time was that happened. It was about eight years ago when the average temperature outside was negative 10. Yeah. For like two weeks straight. Yeah. Oh yeah. That'll form some ice. <laughs> yeah. But we haven't had those temperatures in a while, so yeah. Just hoping this year will be different. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping we don't get uh, robbed from uh, winter this year. Personally, I'm, I'm one of those people who actually loves winter time. I like to ski. Uh, even though my knees are shot, I break put my braces on. I like to ski. Um, I know, can't I, ski, so I I, I coach um, high school hockey. So you know, I put my skates on. I'm out there coaching hockey and. Uh, yeah, I really, I, I just enjoy winter time, you know, and, but uh, like I yeah. said, this past winter, just, we got kind of robbed of it. So hopefully this coming winter, we'll have a good one so I can go out and enjoy the, enjoy the outdoors and get some ice fishing in. Yeah. Buddy of mine, uh, he's, uh, lives out in Utah and he's a double amputee and he gets to wear shorts during the winter time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I always say it's like I'm jealous of that one fact because he gets to wear tennis shoes and shorts in cold temperatures and he doesn't even flinch. Yeah. Everybody else does, but doesn't, but he does. Mm. Yeah. It's Sidney Smith. He's a, works with the disabled outdoorsman, Utah. Okay. So, yeah. But yeah, he loves a hard ice, hard water fishing, man. It's it's his bread and butter during after uh, the hunting seasons are out. Yeah, yeah. Now, once again, that's another thing I don't, you know. Even if we did have a good winter, you know, I I I can't really get out often because that's right in, during hockey season. So you know, my son's travel. <laughs> I'm with my son traveling all over to hockey games and whatnot. And right. uh, I often tell people, you know, he graduates in two years. Maybe then I'll be able to get my life back. I don't know. We'll see. Right. <laughs> so, and I know you talk about the guy with the $500 custom. 
what okay. has been the craziest, most expensive rod you produced, or was the 500 the most expensive one? No, I've made rods over 700. I I was shooting for a thousand, but I don't think it probably happened. Actually, I'm I'm actually working on something right now, and it's going to be somewhere in the 900 to a thousand range. It's a it's a special edition uh, fly rod where it, Jeez, and it actually comes. It actually comes in a wooden presentation case. Oh, wow. It, it, it comes yeah. with a composite uh, uh, grip and reel seat spacer made by me, uh, color matched to the blank, and it comes in a wooden presentation case. Jeez. That is seriously custom. I mean, yeah, a, a, lot, a lot of uh, the fly rods I've sold over the years – have been for presentations for like retirements, um, you know, birthday Wall gifts. Wall hangers, like essentially. Uh, no, no, I, I, I call my rods functional art because yeah. they, they look good. And in fact, I saw, I remember I sold a rod within this last year to a guy, a bass rod, and I put uh, dark walnut grips on it. And he's like, Scott, I'm afraid to use the rod. I'm like, that's what it's made for. Go out and use it. And said, yeah, that's, functional I, I, art. I've been looking at, I've been looking at that like, holy cow, this is, you don't get that kind of customization in real life most of the time. Usually you got to play a video game to customize your tools for that sort of well, purpose. I, I look at it like when you go to purchase a car. I mean, you, mm -hmm. there are certain options you want on that car, you know? Yeah. So, you know, even if they have to order one from the factory, you're going to get the options that you want on that car. Same thing when you buy a rod from me. If there are certain options that you want on that rod, I'll make one, you know, to suit your needs. Nice. Now, you, you how many rods? Go ahead. Oh, uh, how many rods have you pumped? Do you pump out on average per year? Well, this last year, not too many. <laughs> this economy is really taking its toll on me for sure. But yeah. um, on average. <sighs> Hard to tell. I'd say maybe about 200 a year, 150 to 200. Now, this, like I said, the, the, this past year, year and a half has been really, really bad with this, uh, this economy that we're living in. But on, you know, yeah. on a decent year, that's, I would say that would be about the average. Any high profile names go for your rods or? I've had, um, uh, professional athletes, um, People in the music industry, hmm. um, primarily th those would be the, the celebrity types that I've, I've catered to. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I do have their, their numbers, and I, I always tell them, I say, look, I said, I'm not going to be the type of person that's going to bug you. You have my number, too. If you need something for me, you can call me. Yeah. And I'm not going to be like well, a best fan or anything like that. It's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, I've pretty much been noticing the fanboy phase of the outdoor media industry just go away thank god <laughs> and first it's like oh hey i'm so much now i'm like okay the main person okay i'll i hunt with you but i want to hunt with that guy over there mm. <laughs> or fish with that guy over there he seems fun Nothing against anybody, really. It's just, yeah, like you were saying, it's you want to treat them like a normal person. So yeah, yeah, exactly. They put their pants on one leg at a time, just like you and I do. So, mm -hmm. so, and I got to ask this one about going back to the rods. Do you do custom engraving on the rods? Well, first of all, you can't engrave a rod. I'm but, not kidding. Well, you don't want to engrave into the material. You're going to weaken the blank. Yeah. What Makes I do, sense. what I do is I have some clear mylar. My, my rod labels are made out of mylar, clear mylar. Mm -hmm. And when I put them onto the rod and then I put clear coat over top of it, it actually looks like it's written right on the blank, but it's actually a label. Now I mm -hmm. do have some, some clear, uh, some plain, you know, unused mylar labels. I'll actually, I have some, uh, silver and gold metallic, uh, ink pens. And, you know, say if you wanted your name on it, 
I will put your yeah. name on that mylar and then stick it onto the rod and then put clear coat over it. It actually looks like it's written right on the blank. Nice. I, when I was, I was thinking more like the handle material, like, you know, with a dark walnut or so I, that I, being not I structural. Could, I, could, I could do some, I, I mean, I know some people that can do that for me. I should say, I, I don't have the, <laughs> the talent to do something like that. I know people and yeah. I've actually talked to a guy that does wood engraving. I thought it would be a neat idea to do that. But, um, you know, if, if someone came to me and wanted that done, um, like I said, I can turn down the grip on a lathe and then give it to this mm-hmm. person and they could do the uh, wood, you know, the wood engraving on it. If they, w- yeah, I could do something like that for sure. Right. I know I to, I the, uh, creative. What's that? Oh, the creative juices are just flowing in my mind now. Well, that, just see, that, like thinking I said, that about it. me up all night, you know, because then that's why I, I have to take a sleeping bill. Like, about an hour and a half before I have to bed down because I, you know, the, the wheels are always turning. I'm always thinking of things I could do, yeah. you know, you know, uh, options, you know, like, you know, the, the, the last biggest thing that I put out there was those, uh, those composite grips custom or, you know, color match to the blank. You know, I, um, I put them out on both available on my spinning and casting rods and my fly rods. And they look really sharp. Yeah. So did you want to plug any social media? Yeah, you could find me. Uh, well, the website is www.lehighfishing.com. Lehigh Fishing, all one word, L-E-H-I-G-H fishing.com. Um, you could look, at, uh, look up the Lehigh Fishing Company on Facebook, Instagram, and on Go Wild, you can look me up. I'm there, Scott Belisle on on Go Wild. Yep. And also on LinkedIn, you can look up my personal profile on LinkedIn as well. Yep. Well, thank you, Scott, for coming on and talking about your fishing company and telling us your story. It's been fun and. Thank you again for being a guest. And remember, everyone, stay adaptive. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks.